You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig and I'm the guy that introduced the podcast. I'm joined this evening by Chris and Greg. Hello guys. Hello, you relegated yourself from being a host. <laughs> You're just the guy that intros it now. Well, just I was going to say founder, but then that's boring. I say that every time. Trying to switch up the intros a bit. That's it. Spice it up for the end of the season. Reconstruction, try to reconstruct the intro. Last <laughs> week, I'm, I'm prepared for the podcast because I noticed last week my chair was a wee bit squeaky, so I've just sprayed it with WD 40. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping that nobody hears it squeak. <laughs> oh, just before we hit recording this, I heard a spray and wondered what it was. <laughs> That's what it was, WD-40. Right, but it's sounding good. I can swing in my chair now. Nobody will notice. Right, Laurie's, Laurie's not here. He says that he's having problems with his netbook. He's got too much of those dodgy uh, films on it and it's just slowed it down. So he can't come on, unfortunately. He said he might come on next week. So it's just us three. And that's why we had to, we had to get Greg out of retirement. A special guest, special appearance. Special Put guest. Down. Oh, Put you're getting up. a fee as well. Put down my paintbrush, especially be here tonight. <laughs> got half finished. I, I look around, it's not even half finished. Why are you doing to, it yourself? You know, pay somebody to do it. Pay somebody, you kid me on. You know what I earn. Peanuts. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I don't like paint at all. Right, before we start the podcast, I wanted to do some boring, a boring bit about the location of where the podcast files, the MP3 files are stored. Because previously I, had a, I paid a website and it was $10 a month. But I've decided to move it back onto my own server and basically because it's free. So iTunes has been updated automatically. So there's no need to change if you subscribe via iTunes. But if you subscribe via a feed reader, then you'll need to change your feed to point to podcast.scottishfootballforums.co.uk slash feed slash podcast. And, I'll if, you're, and the... if you're listening to this, you've probably figured that out already. Aye, well, hopefully, but I'll keep the old old feed running for a, a few weeks so any stragglers can catch up a because I don't want to cut people off. So oh, I so you'll, you'll hear it on both? You'll hear it on both, yeah. Aye, but it'd be silly saying that in the new one because if they're listening on the new one, then they've obviously <laughs> got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, aye, so if you go to podcast.scottishfootballforums.co.uk, there's a wee bit there just telling you what you need to do. Right, so that's a boring bit done. Greg, you still awake? Just a bit. I'm hoping for another 20 minutes in the rule book this week. No. I, listened to, I listened to last week's podcast and I was absolutely riveted. Page page 6, paragraph 4, subsection A. Don't whistle on a Tuesday. Oh, I, I'm not going to go into the, the rule book this week. I did enjoy talking about rule oh, 203 on the forum. In your element. In your element. Wasn't it off? Aye. But no, no rule book this week anyway. Right. So we'll discuss the SPL. There's a couple of things in there that we'll want to discuss away from the, the games. In the, in the SFL, we've got Clyde had a, a bit of vote and that'll be an interesting move for them. EK Clyde. Partick winning the first division. We'll mention the charity bet, which is rubbish. And then the SPL predictions to end. So we may as well start with the SPL. We had a, a busy weekend with three live TV games. Or was it four? Including Monday. Four. It was four. <laughs> well, it was three. We'll, we'll, we'll pretend Monday didn't happen. <laughs> we'll start off. We'll start off with one of the better days, which was Friday night when uh, Malibu were visiting Tannadice and uh, they did anything but win. They were going to hand Celtic the title, but that never really looked like it was going to happen because uh, first off, Michael Higdon had a thunderbolt, which uh, happened to be a bit of a bobble just before I hit it, which if anything helped. And that was then followed up by Henrik Oyama, Maisie Run, and finishing it off in style. Greg, you hear uh, that? He's saying it was a bobble. <clears throat> it was a bobble. Ah. Just biding my time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, OK, we'll come back to it. <laughs> uh, there was a United penalty claim, as Mackay Steve went down in the area, but the referee probably rightly waved it away, and the mother goal remained unblemished at halftime. And if anything, for me, Higdon's second goal of the game, and Motherwell's third was even better, with a terrific turn and well-placed shot which then moved him ahead of Willie Pettigrew's post-war league goal-scoring record for Motherwell. This is 24th of the season and 25th overall. Well, Flood hit the woodwork before John Daly megged Darren Randolph to pull a goal back for United, but it was all too late as United's European chances now looked pretty remote. Motherwell's still looking very good for second place, though. 
So we'll move on to Saturday when it was the, the two games in the, the bottom half of the SPL. We'll start off at Rugby Park as Hearts were looking to end a run that was terrible against Kilmarnock. They haven't beaten them in about six games. But it took only four minutes for them to get the only goal of the game after a great long pass from Ryan Stevenson into the pass of Michael and Goo. It was rolled into John Sutton's path and he had a tap in. The second half did see a penalty for Hearts and Jonathan Sutherland on sports scene coming out with the line. Jamie Walker's thrusting run ending with him spread eagled in the box. Nice. <laughs> uh, the Sissoko challenge was punished for a penalty, but Stevenson's effort was saved, and uh, then Holt's follow-up was also saved well. There was a second claim waved away by Callum Murray, but as the game seemed to be all one-way traffic near the end, there was a handball that was missed by the referee, probably been a bit harsh what it was given, and then McDonald saved well from Chris Boyd, but in the end, Hearts did finally get the better of Kilmarnock and took the three points back to Edinburgh. Meanwhile in Paisley, Dundee were the visitors and probably the important game on Saturday because they knew that anything less than three points and their relegation from the SPL would have been confirmed. McBride hit the bar from distance and St Murray looked for a penalty as Stephen Thompson's header was blocked by an arm but that was waved away and eventually it was the visitors who took the lead through a well-taken Jim McAllister goal. St Murray levelled in the second half thanks to an unblocked Thompson header this time but then Jim, Jim Goodwin picked up a second yellow card for not his first rush challenge of the day. And watching the highlights last night, I couldn't help but think maybe Neil Lennon was right. Anyway, <laughs> Dundee took advantage of the extra man and got the winner through Carol Fanagan's header. Uh, I say they took advantage because no one seems to know whether it crossed the line or not. The lines would be sure, but sports scene's brilliant replay from behind the other goal and down low meant we couldn't see either. Still, the goal was given and Dundee have survived another week. They're still 10 points behind with 12 to play for, so they're probably massive favourites to go down, but I'm sure they'll try and delay that as long as they can. So moving on to Sunday, and when Motherwell's victory, it meant Celtic get a chance to clinch the title at home themselves. They hadn't done that since John Hartson's goal against Hearts in April 2006. They have, of course, won the league twice at Kilmarnock and once at Tannadice since then. But at half-time, no, no, it looked a little bit edgy for Celtic, even though they were fully in control and were possibly denied a benefit of doubt offside and Stokes looked to be level at worst. Uh, he did roll the ball into the net off a defender, but uh, the flag had gone up well earlier than that, so it was level at half-time. But Celtic did eventually get the goal, as uh, Gary Hooper was given a, a good ball through from Chris Commons, and he fired it into the, the low, low into the far corner before Joe Ledley settled the nerves completely with a second goal and got the party started. The Celtic then turned on the style. A lovely flick from Gary Hooper made it 3-0 before Samaras almost ripped the crossbar off by getting his fourth goal from a tight angle. There was a still time for an injury time consolation for Inverness through Aaron Doran, which means Inverness have scored in all four games against Celtic this season. And Celtic can't claim the opposite because he did lose 1-0 at Celtic Park the previous time. But that didn't spoil things too much for Celtic as they celebrated being Scottish champions at full time. That's title number 44 and they're the last of the four division winners this season. But we'll come back to that a little bit later. They did have a 50-minute countdown after the game, of course, because Lennon was uh, suspended and wasn't allowed to be near the pitch before then. <coughs> <Petty>. Probably, <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. But that probably made uh, just gave him a bigger build-up as uh, the fans ended up counting down the clock. It was on the big screen before uh, he joined the rest of the players and the backroom staff to celebrate. So uh, Celtic celebrating, we move on to Pay, uh, not Paisley, <laughs> Perth. That's, that's just one other impersonation of Laurie, isn't it? Mixing up St. Johnson St. Martin. Anyway, it was a 5 past 4 game on BBC Alba. Uh, and Ross Kenty were the visitors. St. Johnson took the lead twice. First with a nice header from Stephen McLean over Michael Fraser, who was caught in no man's land. And then a terrific header from Murray Davidson. But uh, on both occasions, they were pegged back by a Richie Britton penalty. First the rap was given for Ian Vigers being tripped as St. Johnson failed to clear the lines in the second as Sproul chased a rebound. Both pretty silly and both probably correct from Millie Collum. I suppose it was more interesting than that was Richie Britton's celebrations where he seemed quite happy to be celebrating against the team that he's technically signed a pre-contact agreement with one that he's trying to get out of it'll be interesting to see how that pans out over the next few weeks and finally at Easter Road on Monday nothing happened as Aberdeen visited Hibs so I'm not even going to talk about it no no, I think you're right at, we're recording this on Tuesday evening normally it's a Monday evening and well I tried to watch a bit of it and I decided to turn over to the Man United game because it was just boring Man United game was much more interesting. I would agree with that. I'm usually like to talk up Scottish football, but there's just no way you can talk that game up. It looked exactly like it was. Two teams that have got nothing to play for now. Yeah, exactly. So going back to Friday evening and Motherwell and Higdon, you mentioned that there was a bobble. Are you not giving them a minute? No, what I'll say, there was a bobble just before he hit it, and I think that probably aided him to loop it better. 
Ah, it did. It, it, it popped up, and I think it's actually. I, I've seen the replay a couple of times. I think it's come off a combination of his foot and his shin. <clears throat> and to be fair, in the post-match interview, he did say it sat up nicely for him. But yeah, I think it's a. Um, I don't. I use the word miss hit. Yeah, I think it's. <laughs> no, been I, would, a bit, I, I, I guess been a wee bit of a miss hit. See, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think he has miss hit. I think he's right. The bobbles help it sit up for him. So he's went for it. He's, he's obviously went right at it. I just think the bobbles maybe helped him. So I, I, I mean, I think uh, I think it'll be up there for a contender to go of the season. Anything that comes in and hits off the stanchion always looks brilliant. So definitely, yeah. he'll be there or thereabouts. Now, his second one as well, Chris mentioned, was a um, was a really good finish. I wasn't so I wasn't so sure about his control. To be honest, I wasn't sure he meant that, but um, his, his his finish was superb. Just tucked it away in the corner. So it's one of these. He's, he's on form at the minute, and things are falling for him, and he's getting these goals. So. He's, uh, I'd imagine he'd stick another couple on his, his tally for the end of the season as well, hopefully. Uh, that's him beating the, the post-war record oh, yeah. for most top-flight league goals. Which, it always makes me think that why it's always a, a post-war record. Do we not count any records before the war? Were they all, all discarded? I don't know. I mean, I couldn't work out exactly what the, the record was because I know, uh, I'm fairly sure it's, it's a Motherwell record, it's not a Scottish record. But yeah. um, I think as Willie Pe- Pettigrew was the top scorer in mid seventies in the the Premier Division, I think it was. In. But um, you know how more often than not it's usually a Celtic player or a Rangers player, and it looks like yeah. it probably will be a non-Celtic Rangers player. This season. Obviously, it can't be a Rangers player this season. But yeah, it, it looks like uh, Higdon's probably favourite to get that uh, top goal scorer this season. I mean, you can't fault. He could have had a lot more as well this season because he's he's the number of times I've seen him miss chances in games. I mean, he's, the things have been falling for him, and he could have easily stuck another half a dozen on that tally with reasonably good chances. So I wouldn't bet against him um, pushing that total up a wee bit as well in the next few games. So you never know; he might just peg himself a wee record somewhere. But um, he's playing brilliant at the moment, so fair play. He'll be up against Nicky Clark for uh, the top scorer in Scotland. 35 goals this season. Queen of the South? Aye, Queen of the South. They're linked with Rangers. Although I don't know if there's anything in that. It's getting to the silly time of the season, isn't it? When you, you, You'll be getting linked with Rangers soon. I'm telling you, I'm coming. I'm making my comeback, Greg. I was at physio you, today and I'm ready to go. Give me your glass knee. I'm ready to go. Physio <laughs> says it's all okay. He's giving me the green light. I'll be playing on Friday. So I'll be... This is a, just an interesting point of Willie Pettigrew here. Willie Pettigrew was the top scorer in 76-77, but that's not the season he got his 23 goals. He got the 23 goals the season before in 75-76, but he was outscored by one by Kenny Douglas at Celtic. It's not bad if you're going to get beat by somebody, then. Aye, a bit of a player Kenny. The only other thing I was going to mention about Friday's game was... Uh, Unfortunately, it was it was played in front of 200 less supporters than it probably should have been. With uh, Dundee United once again refusing uh, access to the the stadium to the Motherwell supporters with their drum. It's happened happened a season or so ago. They refused entry, and again when they approached Dundee United last week, they were told no, you can't bring your drum in, you can't bring your flags in. So around 200 of them, I think, decided to make the, the difficult decision not to not to travel and support the side. So they. They watched the game at Far Park instead. But again, the point's been made over the weekend and the current financial state of Scottish football and the state Dundee United are in, I don't know how they can conceivably turn down what basically amounts to about four grand worth of admission money. So hopefully they'll have a wee bit of a rethink for next season again because at the moment they're the only club in, in Scotland that are, that are taking this stance just now. So hopefully a wee bit of publicity, negative publicity over the weekend might force them into changing their mind a wee bit. I'm sure you mentioned this last season. Craig, I yeah. think you mentioned it on the podcast before. It was at Tanadice before, and, and even worse last season, they'd, they'd actually contacted United beforehand and they'd said, that's fine, you won't have a problem. Bring your drum, bring your flags, that's fine. They'd got to the turnstiles and whoever was in charge of security that day decided that um, not only were they not bringing the drum in, nobody who was on the bus was getting in either. So um, I think they were kind of a wee bit wary about that again this week. And rather than take a chance of travelling, not getting into the ground, they decided that, do you know what, saw that we won't bother. Yes, you want so, the atmosphere. I was watching a wee bit of the Bayern Munich against Barcelona game, and the noise that's coming for the fans is brilliant. I don't know what you call the things that they flap about and make the kind of clapping noise, but the atmosphere sounded brilliant. Somebody was telling me that Dundee United 
before the start of each half play canned applause. Did they? I don't know whether that's true or not. I've heard that for a couple of places now. Um, they actually play canned applause for the for the game kicks off at um, first whistle in at half time. So that tells you all you need to know about that, really, doesn't it? So, I've never touch. noticed. I've I've been to like Tanadice quite a few times, but I'm usually in the shed behind the goal, and we're usually making too much noise to notice. <laughs> I might get in touch with them see if we can play some when I introduce used to yeah. at the start of the podcast. Cause that'd I like be good. the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> so I booted Dundee United, but they got their comeuppance anyway by getting a, a roasting. Aye. So are we going to move on to talk about the champions then, Chris? Aye. Why not? Eh? <laughs> Well, I mentioned last week, Greg, you, you mentioned that you'd you'd listened to the podcast that I stuck my neck out and said that I hoped Celtic would win the, the league. Did you That's hear right, that? I, I heard you I talking hoped, them up. I hoped they'd win it in style. I hoped they'd win it at home, and they did. So, well done. Yeah, I mean... Party time for Celtic fans that day, anyway. As the week progressed last week, I was getting to the point I was going, if Mullimo don't win, it just means I'll celebrate the entire weekend. And aye, all right, I'll be a bit of a damp scrub on the Sunday, but we'll still go along and enjoy the game. But by the time Mullimo won the game, I, was, I kind of felt, ah, all right, I'm quite happy with that. <laughs> so there was a wee, there was just a wee bit of an edge to the Sunday's game. We're still, I mean, we're always going to win the league. It was just a matter of when, but it was good to get it done at home in front of our own crowd and in such a an emphatic way. Like I said earlier, that it was probably a wee bit nervy at times. Some of the passing wasn't quite as crisp as it has been before. But once, like the first goal, and certainly when the second goal went in, it was certainly were fantastic. It was a cheeky Maybe, back heel. Was it Hooper? Hooper's flick was terrific. You know, I never seen it the first time. I but I seen it in the bike scene afterwards, and he seen that. Not only is he is he flicked it, he's meant it as well. Yeah, the first time I seen it when I seen it live. It almost looked as if it had just rebounded off him. I thought, is, is that just hit him too hard and he's not really sure what to do with it? But then, no, he did mean it. First time I seen it, I thought Chris Collins had fired it straight in. Uh, and then Samaras. Samaras, Samaras is one of my favourite goals. That was just phenomenal. Because Hooper's waiting for a hat-trick. He's waiting for it to be squared to him. And Samaras is tying the defender in knots and then he just fires it in for that tight angle. It's funny because you look at it and you just think, nah, you don't hit it for there. That's, that's just the rules. You never hit it there. You always, as you say, put it across the face of goal. You, you never had it front post because the keeper's going to get it. And Well, he just showed, proved me wrong anyway. Right. That was a cracking finish. And then it was a, the slowest goal you'll ever see for Inverness. <laughs> the consolation goal, uh, <laughs> it was a, It was almost a wee bit of disappointing that we didn't get the clean sheet that day. But, I mean, I've said oh, a couple of times in this podcast before, the likes of Inverness and Ross County especially this season have been probably the... The, the the thing to talk up when it comes to Scottish football, the the Highland teams have been absolutely brilliant this season. So yeah. it's just it's just good that we've managed to thump them three times now. <laughs> Especially Ross County, they're they're the good guys in Scottish football. Oh, I, I had four 0 in the goals. predictor for the game, so I lost out. But you had three one. And three one, so, right, so both very close. Samaras had already ruined it. <laughs> aye, but aye, and then the the fifteen minute wait for Lennon to come out and he was loving it. Aye, I thought Celtic had done a good job with that, to be honest. I thought I quite liked uh, Lennon's comments after the game. Obviously, he's going to be uh, the Rangers situation is going to be mentioned to him, but I thought he handled it well. I thought he was quite honest. Yeah. Uh, throughout the season, I've maybe felt that, that that he hasn't been as honest as he could have been, but I thought he'd done really well afterwards. And, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, most of the people I speak to, it's all the same. It's we're, we're fine that Rangers aren't there, but does that what would it have been like had we not had Europe? Because you always do get yourself up more for your, your big rival game. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter if you're Celtic and Angels or if you're Hearts and Hibs or if you're Mother One Airdrie. But I mean, the your derby. What I would like to see is, is for somebody to actually give Celtic a proper challenge for the title next season. Now, I'm thinking next season, I'm not thinking let's get Rangers into the league here. I'm thinking, I'd like, well, well I don't think Miller will be all that far away. They had a wee dip earlier in the season, but I mean, at the moment, well, they were the form team yeah. in the league. I'll, I mean, I look at some of the games where we've where we dropped points, we carelessly dropped points. We we dropped two to St Mirren, and we given away the equaliser. We did the same at Aberdeen. Um, I look at the game at Celtic Park in December as well, where we with a penalty saved. And I mean, as it's, these these sort of things are I've seen butts and margins, but um, despite that, I mean, even even where we are in the league, we've still overperformed. In terms of what we have as a squad and availability and the, and the pool of players we've got, we've we've done really well with what we have. I don't think 
there's any, I mean, at, at no point in this season was I sitting saying to somebody, oh, you know, if we win next week, we can maybe push Celtic. It was just never going to happen. You had cutbacks this season, didn't you? I'm sure McCall was talking about that at the end of oh, last season. Oh, aye. I mean, it was, a, a four, I think it was a, a about £400,000 loss last year. So guys like Jennings left at the summer. We lost uh, Jimmy Murphy uh, at, at um, January time as well. We had to offer reduced terms to guys. So, I mean, we've, we've, we've cut our budget back. But, I mean, in terms of teams that need to be up challenging, Celtic are the arguably you know, quote-unquote bigger sides in the league. And that's... It's, the ones that are sitting in the bottom half, you Exactly. Mean? It's yeah, those yeah. sides this season have done absolutely nothing. Because yeah. you can't rely on Motherwell's and Ross Counties and Inverness and St. Johnston. Because we just don't have the, the resources to even approach competing with Celtic. I, okay, maybe in a one-off game we might pull a result or we punch above our weight for the season. But in terms of a sustained approach, I don't I don't think there's anybody in Scotland at the moment that's got the, the, the quality of squad that would even come close to. I mean, Celtic could probably put a B string, a, 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 a B string squad out every week and still run that league. Because you look at the guys who've got on the bench that don't get a game, and they would walk into the majority of teams in the rest of the league. So it's, yeah, I'm, I can't see it changing. I, one of the best games I watched this season was the game up in Inverness, and we what, made nine changes to the team because mm. we had Europe to play, and we still yeah. won it three-one. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I, 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 I totally agree with what you're saying about the like, Motherwell. I know you're saying they've probably overachieved, but how many seasons is that they've overachieved now? Aye, well, that's, since, that's... since McCall came in, they've went to the Scottish Cup final and lost to Celtic. They've been third last season. They're going to be second this season, I think. They're, they're about five or six points ahead at the moment yep. Yep. of Inverness. Yep, six. Is that, that's, that's a great position to be in. Well, they were and, pushing Rangers pretty tight last season. It was only near the end that they really started. The 10 point deduction probably helped, but yeah. Aye, so I mean I, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think it would be good to see more teams doing what Inverness and Ross County and, and ourselves have done this season and actually put together squads that look as though they can they can make a challenge. But then if you look at our record against Celtic this season, it's not very good. I mean we, we got that win at home, but other than that, we've not really we've not really pushed them. We've got another game at the weekend coming up, but again. You would expect that to go the way of Celtic. So it's... Did you say that? But I mean, that the one with the, the, the penalty saved was a 1 0 win for Celtic. So that could quite easily be 1 0 Motherwell if that penalty was in. But the, the, you beat us, what was it, 2 1? Aye. And then two. the other game, it was 2 0 or something at Celtic. At so I, I think so. So, yeah, so there's always, I wouldn't be surprised if Motherwell win again this coming week. Mm. Mm. Although I don't want to go too crazy and start talking about 10 in a row or 15 in a row or whatever silly thing like that, but I think it is going to be uh, Celtic winning the league in the, the short term. I think it's going to take a wee while before. I think it'll be complacency really kicks in because I don't know how they're going to be able to lift themselves every season when they're, they're going to be winning it at a canter. I know Rangers is going to be back in two or three seasons, but let's be realistic here that they're going to take quite a while to get fully up to speed, despite the, the finances obviously improving as they, they move up. But I, I think Celtic, for the next five years anyway, I think they'll be dominating. Right, I, th- I think the other problem we've got is because of the way it's set up at the moment, Celtic are going to do exactly what they did this season and they're going to be concentrating on what they can do in Europe. And if they get that right, like what they certainly did this season, that makes a big amount of money. Even for a, a team of Celtic size, yes. um, when you compare with what they, what Celtic have called in for the Champions League this season with what they're going to call in for the league, it's massive difference. Yeah. And if they keep doing that season after season, there's no way their teams can compete financially. Certainly, yes. not in the not in the, the current setup. And I think that will maybe keep Celtic ahead of them all. But even then, I mean, o- over the course of 38 games, you'd fancy Celtic to come away with the, the title. Over the course of a single game in a cup competition. I'm not really surprised Celtic, again, won't win the treble this season. They might win the double, but then they might not, because it depends which Hibs turn up that day. Yeah, uh, it might be a good point to to move on to discuss the announcement for the Celtic season tickets, where they're announcing that it's £100 off the cost of a standard adult season book for next season. That's a superb gesture from the club. Fantastic. I, I Actually, it goes back to something I was thinking about a few, a few weeks ago, because... Of, the way the because of the way the Scottish coefficient is Celtic have got to play three qualifying rounds to get into the Champions League this next season now. And there's no guarantee the money they've brought in this season 
is going to be anywhere near the money they get next season. Mm -hmm. So they can't really afford to go out and say, right, you can have a contract that's worth a lot more than we usually pay. We're going to pay this big transfer fee to bring him, this player in. I don't think Celtic can change the, the player model they've got now because they're going to get more money because they're, they're not guaranteed to get that money. So for them to change the... This, to, basically, they're taking a hit in the income to say thank you to the fans and maybe try and get a few more in the door because we have certainly had a drop in attendances this season. Yes, so I think you sold the tickets. Uh, you sold yeah. the season tickets this season, but yeah, I think that maybe they're thinking some people might actually give in because they've only been to yeah. say ten home games or whatever. So yeah. I, I reckon what they're going to do is they've got that money bank for the Champions League. They can now afford to use that to take the risk of not of, of dropping the price of the season tickets to try and hang on to the the ones they've already got and maybe even get more in the door again. So it's it's, it's a good time to be taking that risk. And I think that's probably what the business plan is. But in the end, it is a one-off drop. I think, to be honest, the, the announcement today for me was more about what they were doing with the kids' structure and prices rather than what they were doing with the £100 off for the adults. It's superb what they're doing with the kids. They've got the under-13s for £50. They've yep. got 13 to 16-year-olds, 105, and 17 to 18-year-olds, 186. Now, for under-13s, £2.38 per match. That's, that's a Fantastic. superb price. Absolutely brilliant. They had the £50 one. If Previously, what they had was they had a £50 season ticket, but you didn't get the Rangers games. Right, so okay. last season, that was fine. This season, they started selling that, and then everything happened with Rangers, and they got fired out. Yes. So some people got the 50 quid one, and then Celtic stopped selling it to everybody else. So there was a bit of furore about that uh, in, in the close season, and people were saying, what we... The 50 quid thing was a really good thing for bringing my kid to the game. So uh, for that to be reintroduced with a slightly different price structure for the, the older kids probably balances it out better. I'm actually surprised they got the 50 quid. I was expecting like 75, 80 quid or something like that for, for, to be the lowest price. But to have it at 50 quid, that's absolutely brilliant. And that, that if nothing else, is going to let like, the parents take their kids to the game more often. It's going to get a new breed of Celtic fans in. Aye, the new hardcore. The, the new generation, basically. Yeah. yeah. So, Chris, how much are you for your season ticket at the moment? <laughs> don't mind masking. Quite a bit. <laughs> I can't remember the exact figure, but it was getting close to £600. Right. Oh, so, you're going down, so you're going down to around about I'll 500 I'll be going just under 500 now. Yeah. Uh, how does that compare to you, Greg, at Motherwell? It's uh, Motherwell's uh, two... I think they released the prices for next season. I think it's 270 is the cheapest adult um, ticket you can get. And for that, you get a free uh, kids juvenile ticket. Yeah. And it rises to, I think, the most expensive at Fir Parks, up about 340 maybe, in the uh, in the main stand. So, yeah, there's about a £100 swing between the, the, the cheapest and the most expensive. But um, there's, should... there's free tickets chucked in left, right and centre. I should probably point out that I am one of the more expensive tickets at Celtic Park. Right, right. And I'm not even, I'm behind a goal, which most people would think, well, sure, you'd be cheaper, but no. <laughs> ah, but you're quite high up, are you not? Being high up behind a goal I, is I quite good. I absolutely love the seat I've got. I wouldn't move it anywhere. I, 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 I could probably move it if I wanted, and I could go and sit in like, the main stand, or I could sit in the north stand and be like, sort of in between the two goals. But no, I, I'm, the people around me are great. The view I've got is fantastic. All right, I, it can be difficult to tell what's happening around the park on occasion, but. To be honest, I can tell what's happening better at the other end of the park than I can if I'm sitting a Hamden behind a goal that's right in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting uh, talking about season ticket prices because I'm pretty sure that mine at Rangers was 430-ish, 450. It was dear. And then if they're going to be talking yeah. about putting that up, they need to be careful that they'll be getting close to Celtic's SPL prices. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens with the season ticket sales at, at Ibrox next season because I think right. I think this year there was this kind of um, sort of fight back if you like this sort of everybody's against us and we'll show you by selling these season tickets and I'm just not convinced there'll be the same um, sort of spirit come the summer that there maybe was that there maybe was this time around but uh, who well, knows certainly if the prices go up I think that's going to have a, a big bearing on it yeah well that's the thing we're 12 months further on for that I'm I'm fairly sure the Rangers fans have still got a, everybody's against this mentality. But um, if there's not going to be any reconstruction, they're still going to be going along to see a pretty poor opposition yeah. by their usual standards. Um, yes. I'd yes. imagine the Rangers team will be invested in somehow. Now, it looks like it's probably going to be a few Bosmans coming in for September 1st. 
We were going to get uh, Goyan and Bocanegra back, they whether they back. play or, or not is another thing. But but yeah, hopefully it's some sensible signings, like the talk of Nicky Clark. That's the kind of signing we should be looking at. None of this. I was excited about Sandaza coming, but the money he was on and obviously what he did on the park just wasn't good enough. So yeah, some sensible signings. Right, I think that, that way, Nicky Clark is a absolutely spot on kind of player you want because he's coming from a team that's just won the second division yeah. at a canter yeah. so you're going to put him in a similar position next season you've got to be chasing promotion out of the second division unless something else happens with the SFL and the SPL and who knows what but still on <laughs> going like, oh there was some discussion yesterday and nothing came out I'm sure Lol came out and commented and said something uh, like, well, you better decide something quick if you want to get said, this He said if it's not done by the end of this week, I think he was saying it's more or less, there's no chance of anything happening. So, no, I don't. I, I think the SPL won't kill it, to be honest. And to be honest, I, I never liked the way they were trying to rush it through in the first place. I know, and we're getting even worse now. We're getting really yeah. desperate and it's just going to come up with silly plans. Right. Aye. Aye. Well, it'll, be, it'll be interesting next season anyway in terms of TV because BT won the rights from ESPN and I'm sure that they're going to keep the ESPN brand but I don't know exactly how that's going to work whether oh. it's going to be the continued ESPN and Sky partnership whereas you get it with the multi-room it's built in and you get it in the Sky Go app I'm not sure if they're going to have that same thing I don't know so that'll be an interesting side of Scottish football next season interesting to see what they do with it as far as I know they bought what ESPN have, so I think all that, all those options are still open to them. But it's whether they actually decide to use them or not, because obviously BT will be pushing their own platform. Yes, aye, it's aye, it's interesting times for TV football. And what I'm also hoping is that BT are pushing the SPL because I'm hoping the I know they've got some of the Premiership as well, but I'm hoping they they get behind the SPL and actually promote it because the last few months I've just got the feeling ESPN have been kind of blase about it. Yes. I mean, yes. Our our good friend Derek Ray has been as positive as ever. In fact, I thought he did. You see him on Twitter through the week. He was trying to get um, his American followers to adopt Scottish teams. Oh, was he? No, I didn't see that. No, absolutely brilliant. That that's the kind of thing we need. We need people to be promoting yeah. the game. There's too many doomsayers. And... Yeah, there's not enough. There's not enough talking up of the game goes on. There's a guy at Mother one, the directors at Mother Andrew Wilson, who's always on Twitter and he's always banging on about that point, saying that. We need, we need to be talking up the good things far more than what we're doing at the moment, which tends to be concentrating on where stuff's going wrong. So I think there seems to be a, a, a general consensus now that, you know, it is what it is, but this is it. Instead thing, of beating it down, it's time to say, well, look at, the, look at the good points, look at the things we're doing instead of looking at the negatives. One thing that seems to have passed a lot of people by is the fact that BBC Alba have got live SPL uh, yeah. post-split. So we're getting live SPL on console telly. Now that's, you'd need to go back. I can't remember when the BBC last had that on the, the Sunday afternoons. But so that's it's brilliant. Three, but it's not it's four, that kind of thing. So it's, not, it's not the delayed transi- uh, transmission and it's actually... No. These are live games, yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's brilliant. But I think because it's on BBC Alba, people just don't realise. It's, it's a shame, but it's, it's still console TV nowadays with the digital switchover. <laughs> I'll talk it up. I, I, I go home. From Celtic Park to see the second half of that game. It was it took forever to get away from football on Sunday because obviously we were hanging around for a while. But even then, once we get out, it seemed the car park seemed to take forever to clear. See, I, if it was me, I would have been straight home because I wouldn't have waited for that fifteen wait, minutes. Wait, I've That was my favourite. But I go back to the car and I put the radio on, expecting to hear like the post-match interviews. They were going to get Terry Butcher, but uh, apparently they left while we were all hanging about waiting. They took advantage of the no traffic because all the Celtic fans were hanging behind. Like Terry in the half again. Must have been. Kicking a couple of doors. Chris, I want to find out what's going on here with you hanging about Ibrox on a Saturday afternoon, three o'clock. What's this all about? Um, Actually, I went and got my hair cut. (laughs) You mentioned it on Twitter that uh, you got your hair cut and you ended up your Going to be stuck with the oncoming Rangers fans. I wasn't there. I was on a stag to buy. Did you get caught with them? No, well, no, because I went round it. All right. I was just thinking <laughs> you going I, about I, in your car with your, your Celtic scarf along the, the back window and your, your tricolour and hanging for the, <laughs> the rear view mirror. I take, no, your I take rebel that. songs on the radio. <laughs> 
you're, you're making these jokes, but I did actually have a lesbian lines t-shirt on at the time. <laughs> <sighs> it's quite subtle though, so nobody would have noticed. <laughs> But no, it's I was. Quite, I, I mean, the most subtle thing about the Lisbon Lions ever. I constantly <laughs> trotted it. Yeah. I, 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 I should say I was. I, I, I tend to get my hair. I've had my hair cut in the same place for ages, just because they do a good job and it's value for money. But it's because it's ungoverned. I always have to kind of match, <laughs> match my time up with the, the Rangers games. But I mean, I did. I did find out one thing. Having been there for years, I was getting my hair cut by uh, Alan Archibald's brother, <laughs> the, the current Party Thistle manager. See, that's, that's a good tie-in when you texted me that. I liked it. I, I, thought, I thought it was brilliant. Because I, I was sitting there getting my hair cut and he, he shouted over to turn the radio up. And I thought, oh, he's just a party thistle fan. And then when the, the interview was finished with the manager, he says, I still can't get used to that. He's my brother on the radio. What? <laughs> See, I really? thought he would have been, he would have had memorabilia all over the shop. I would have thought so, but no. Oh, well. Yeah, maybe but just... no, I think that uh, probably moves us on nicely on to uh, the Scottish Football League. It does. Where, uh, Party Thistle were crowned champions. Aye, after being Falkirk 2-0. Congratulations right. to Partick. I think that's nine years they've been out of the SPL. 2003-2004 they were relegated. Blimey. Time flies. Eh? It's good. A, a well-run club. Quite a, a sensibly run club as well. I'm yeah. sure that they were one of the first to to become police-free. I'm sure that'll change now that they've went into the SPL. Oh, no doubt. Aye. Unfortunately, but yeah. Aye, good to see Partick up there. A, a traditionally big team, I would say. It's a good, it's, it's a good away day as well. I like, uh, I like uh, going to Partick away, train into town, a few beers, walk up to the ground. It's good. Did I've I tell you about seasons actually? Because like, uh, Celtic's under twenties have been using for Hull this season. I'd imagine that won't be allowed next season, but it's been it's been good going along here because it's they made a really hot bovril. <laughs> <laughs> a really hot one. Yep, burns the tongue off. It's great. Did I, I tell you like, about... What's the point of not having a hot bottle? When I went along to Partick and I interviewed Jackie McNamara, I posted the interview on the forum. It's rubbish. I'm definitely not a journalist. But <laughs> anyway, I went to interview him. And so I had my... I bought a dictaphone specially. I went out, right? And I was a wee bit nervous. I was like, right, I just want to talk about football here, but I'm meant to be asking him proper questions. So I'd been running through things in my head. So I asked him a question. And as he was answering it, kind of glanced down and realised I hadn't turned the dictaphone on. <laughs> because it was brand new, I wasn't really sure how to do it. And I didn't want to tell him to stop because I thought, oh no, that's unprofessional. He already knows I'm a joker. Right. <laughs> so I had to kind of glance down and, and casually turn it on. But I didn't, I only missed one question. So it was alright. But I, I, I didn't like interviewing somebody because I just wanted to speak to him about football. I wanted to join in his answers. I wanted to just discuss football rather than asking a question and standing back and listening. So I'll never make it, and I'll never be invited back because it's just not my, not my thing. Right, sticking with the SFL, what to mention Clyde and the fans, because Clyde's fan-owned, they had a vote, and 82% of the, the fans who own the club turned up, which is amazing, amazing turnout for that. And 93% were for the move to East Kilbride, and 84% were in favour of the name change to E.K. Clyde. So that, that's something that will be going ahead. I think they're talking about a two-year time frame, but they need to speak to the SFL and I'm sure the SFA to confirm that they're OK to change their name uh, because it will still obviously be the same club, but just called something slightly different. Mm. It's a bit disappointing for North Lanarkshire Council because they were saying that they installed a 3G pitch it cost them £450,000 and now Clyde's moving away. I'm not sure what they can do with that pitch. I'm not sure what they'll yeah. be able to use the stadium for. I, I, th- I think there was a, a wrangle of a rent or unpaid rent. There was some sort of furore a wee while back and it was either Clyde hadn't paid the rent or Clyde were claiming that the rent they were being charged was just ridiculous in terms of what they had coming in. So I think there had been some sort of... Um, some sort of crosswords back then, a wee while ago, so it's not altogether surprising that they've been keen to get out of, out of Broadwood for a wee while. And it's interesting because I, I work in East Kilbride and I was, I was talking to a couple of guys that come from around there and I was saying to them, I said, look, if they moved here, would you go and see them? And, and the consensus seemed to be, well, again, depending on price and all the rest of it, I think there's a, I think there's definitely a market for them in East Kilbride in terms of getting a few more punters through the gate and um, I mean if the supporters are for it and it finally provides Clyde with a, a permanent home then it's, it's got to be a good thing because they've just been nomads for the last 
you know, 15, 20 years. So. See, the, the, the problem I've got, I just don't understand it, because to me, this is them doing exactly what they did the last time. They've, they've went for being at Shawfield, in the, which is the left in like the mid-80s or something like that. They were ground-sharing for years. Yeah. Uh, they went to Broadwood and they're chasing the, the, the new town market, which, as everybody knows, new towns are full of people out of Glasgow, so it's just Celtic Rangers fans in Cumberland. <laughs> so all that happened was they get no fans whatsoever, and the fans they'd left behind had to try and travel out to the outskirts of Cumbernauld, because that's the other thing, the Broadwood isn't even in Cumbernauld, it's in the outskirts, where no buses, and there's no, I think, Croy train stations, sort of nearby. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, a bit of a walk. walk definitely. Uh, yeah. So, right. now, now that that experiment going to Cumbernauld has failed, they're going to move to another new town, which at least is one in the general vicinity of where they used to play. <laughs> I think I don't I don't know the, the full details about it, but what I, what I understand is there are businessmen in East Kilbride who are pledging to build facilities purely to attract the football club there. So I think there will be a degree of a financial incentive being there as well. I, I'm suspecting they won't be getting charged anywhere near what North Lancashire were charging them to use Broadwood, and I think that's also at the back of Clyde's mind as well. They need to try and somehow get their costs down a wee bit as well. So I'm, I'm sure that's a that's a factor in the move. I was looking into the, the pitch that they're looking to use. I can't remember the name of it, so apologies. But the area looks looks pretty nice houses around there. And I'm not so sure that they'll be too happy with a football stadium in their back garden. But I'm sure that the, the council's looked into that and, and consulted them. But it just I mean, looked... I was looking on Google Maps, so it's not the most scientific way of checking out an area's wealth. But they did look pretty big houses. I mean, I know at one stage they were, they were talking about using um, East Kilbride Thistle's ground, which is right, more or less right in the centre of East Kilbride. But I, th- I think those plans are shelved now and they're moving out towards, um, I think it's up towards Calder Glen, Calder Glen Country Park. I might, I might be wrong, but I know that's certainly where some of the facilities have been built at the moment. Um, so it'll be slightly on the outskirts of East Kilbride, but... Um, yeah, I'd be interested to see how it pans out for them. At the, end, at the end of the day, if the supporters are for it, if they've voted in favour for it, then yeah. Massively voted in favour. And the fact that 82% of them turned up. Yeah. Uh, that's, that impressed me because yeah. folk have got better things to do with their time. Mm. Turn up and vote for something. Oh, what do we want to name the club? But I think that could be an important thing, naming it EK Clyde, because that really does root them in East School Pride. Yep. Yeah. I'm just, I'm looking up the, the Clydes, where they've been. When they were first formed, they played in a place called Barrowfield Park, which isn't the same thing as Celtic's old training ground. It's it's actually nearby, it's that's on the edge of Bridgeton. And then uh, they moved to Shawfield in 1898 and were there until 1986. Jeez, I, thought, I can't believe it was that long ago since they moved out of Shawfield, because I remember Clyde playing in Shawfield. They moved out of there, were ground sharing at Partick Thistle for five years, then went to ground share at Douglas Park with Hamilton for another three years, and it was 1994-95 they moved into Broadwood. So they're going to have been there about 20 years when they move out. Mm. Aye. Big change. That's just... I, know, I, f- I feel sorry. I feel sorry for them spending 450 grand on a 3G pitch. They're talking about investment in £9 million, uh, on the stadium in 2010, and then last year a 3G pitch, £450 grand. I suppose the good thing about the 3G pitch is, is that it's now there. They can use it for something if they can find somebody to play on it. I'm sure they can rent it out to... I don't know. Who are they going to rent it out to? That's the problem. They could rent it out to a juniors team. They could rent it out to Rangers Reserves again. They did that for a while. Yeah. I know Airdrie played there at one point as well. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll, make, they'll make money uh, off the back of that pitch because they can rent it for training facilities in the mm. winter, what not when all the grass pitches are. Or stuff you can get and play in the, the 3G, but well, the 3G doesn't does survive everything, Greg. I assuming it's, assuming it's no bit. ice on the top of it, then I mean, you'll be all right, it's not going to get affected by the, the frost as much as grass pitches yeah, are and, yes, the, and the water and whatnot. So they'll be there, but um, it doesn't surprise me. North Lancashire Council have made a complete hash of this, it's kind of par for the course with this particular council, I'm afraid. Well, I think it comes to it, I hope EK Clyde can finally settle down and maybe get a bigger fan base or something but my, my worst fear is that not going, it's just going to be exactly the same that kind of thing takes have... years to build up a fan base because you need to get the, the young kids involved and you need to get them in the habit of going 
because that's what it's all about. That's that's why folk go to football because it's a habit. Yeah. 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 The, 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 obviously, the big problem in Scotland is just the oversaturation of Celtic and Rangers. I, I, everywhere in Scotland suffers for that. Even if you go to like, Aberdeen, Peterhead, and the northeast of Scotland, and the very north of Scotland, you're still going to find Celtic Rangers fans. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really difficult trend to reverse as well. Because yeah. I've got I've got two kids. I, I take them to Motherwell, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's the team they're supporting. But my youngest boy's collecting these match attack cards just now. Mm-hmm. It's like these sort of playing cards you get with the SPL teams, and of course. All the best players are the Celtic players. Mm-hmm. So he's sitting saying, oh, look at, look at this. I've got Charlie McGrew, Club 100. And he's oh, brilliant. And I'm like, no, oh, get, uh, get Henry Kajama in there. And he's saying, he's only three stars. He's rubbish. And it's, it's that <laughs> it's Kids of that age is getting that mentality across and saying, well, look, it's not about that. But they, I mean, they don't. They don't see that. He's telling me the other day he wants a Kamarnik strip. So, I think he's a lost cause, that one. I don't like he up. My son's in primary two and he came home. And he was singing uh, Celtic forever, Rangers in the river, 101. I says, I don't like the sound of that. And he says, all right. And then he started, later on that day, he was singing uh, Rangers forever, Celtic in the river. I don't know why they're in the river. (laughs) We we see the same thing with the Irish support. The the Irish support that Celtic have used to be quite big. And it's just dwindling away because the Premiership's a big thing in Ireland so all the younger generations are yeah. picking up English teams. Yep, yeah. Right, I'm going to move away from the SFL because I'd rather not talk about Rangers and Peterhead. I wasn't there, luckily. It's been a oh, right. You get beat from behind, from what I remember. You were one up. That's the worst way to get beat from behind. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> it's been a right long old season, hasn't it? Oh, what? <laughs> Aye, lucky escape. That's me. I've no no more home games left because my mate's got the season ticket for the last two. You're going to renew it next year. We get it on the last day of the season, I think. Uh, It's a bit different, and I'm I'm probably going to go halfers again with my mate for next season. Yeah, good lad. Your money in there. Uh, I quite enjoyed it, but it's a bit dear, bit dear for me. I'm I'm a poor poor man. Right, moving on to charity bit. And last week, Greg, it was just the two of us, so we decided to go for two games each, and we were doubly bad. We went for Aloha, who beat 2-1 off East Fife. We went for Queen of South, who beat 4-4-0, four, 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 no, so that was good. We went for Brecon, who got beat 3-1 off Albion Rovers, which is a big surprise. And Queen's Park, who won 5-1 against East Stirling, who are sitting 10 points adrift at the bottom of Division 3, and pretty close to being officially the worst team in the so, third division in fact no, they there might only be three games left aye. there's only a couple of games left so they're already done that's it the worst team ever so, so let me get this right the, the previous weeks where you kind of get three results up you decided last week you'd go for four results aye but, but you weren't on Greg so we thought we had a chance <laughs> my, record's no, aye, my record's no bad this season right so we're just going to go back to one game a piece, and since Laurie's not here, we're not going to do this both teams to score because my bookie's not got the odds up yet, and I like to to work out what we're going to win. Right. So have you thought about this, Greg? Have you got a match in mind? No, I come back to me. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll come back to you. You notice I was trying to move the focus away from me because I've not thought about it either. Oh, you'd be Queen of the South, are you not? I like Queen of the South. <laughs> two to seven. That's not very good odds. They're playing East Fife. They're at home, are they not? They are I, tend, I, I tend to prefer going for away games because they think they have better value. Ah, see, Rangers are away to East Sterling. I've seen that. The league, uh, but it's just there. Uh, that'll be one like 1 to 10 or something. 1 to 6. 6. Uh, That's actually better than I thought. It's different. Nah, I, I was looking at things like. I, mean, I quite fancy Dumbarton at Cowden Beast, but I'm not sure I want to risk it because technically Dumbarton can still be caught for the, the playoff place in the first division. They're 6 ahead of Dumbarton and Cowden Beast, but, but their goal difference is a lot worse off and there's two games left. Yeah. But uh, I mean, even the fact Dumbarton are even in that position to start with is a phenomenal turnaround by uh, Ian Murray. Yes. They were, they were looking dead certs to go straight down. I'm sure they were yeah. on four points or something when he took over. It's a, a brilliant story for him. You need a point to make sure they're still in the first division next season. Absolutely brilliant. So uh, if they can get if they get that point of Cowden Beast, that's good for them. It might be good for Dunfermline as well. Because Dunfermline are the other team that are in there. Um, what I mentioned the Airdrie United sounds a bit too easy because the United are rotten and already relegated 
Yeah. So I think I'm going to go with Arbroath at Air United. 75 for Arbroath. Yeah, Arbroath are still pushing for that possible playoff place. Right, I'm going to go for... Right, I'm just going to keep it simple. I'm going to go... F- I'm not going to go for Queen of South. I'm going to go for Partick at home to Dunfermline. 8-15. to 15. I know it's risky because Dunfermline have technically got something to play for. Partick don't. Technically. <laughs> but I'm going to go for Partick 8-15. to 15. Um, I'm tempted by... I'm tempted by Celtic. 4-6 away to Motherwell. I think that's... I think really? that's... I think that's good odds. Chris, when's the last time Motherwell took, uh, took in North Celtic? It's uh, the last time you played this. No, you mean? no, twi- no twice in a season. Oh, right, it's yeah. been a while. <laughs> um, I like how you changed that. <laughs> uh, I can't do it. I can't go for Celtic. That, that ruined my enjoyment of the game. So I know that's not right. I'm going to go. I'll take Queens Park away at Montrose. Thirteen eight. 13 8, right, okay. So that's 75, then I carry in a 3, then I take away in a 4, then that's, uh, that's £96.60. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's awfully high. high. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> that's awfully high. Well, that's £96.60 that will no one. Aye, well, we might. You never know. I get with the guns blazing. There's some good games in there. I mean, Thistle beating Dolphin is possible. Dunfermline have went in a terrible run. Aye, but they, they need the points. I know. I know it's difficult to tell what Partick's going to turn up. But, but no, I'm still sticking with it. Ninety-six pounds sixty pence. So that's a ten-pound free bet courtesy of McBookie. We need to we need to talk them up because we need to persuade them to give us this for next season. I think we, McBookie have been fantastic. Well, even even with my own personal account, McBookie have been fantastic. But nothing beats us charity. But I'm sort of fun. Brilliant gesture by them. How much money have they got in the pot? Well, I would need to, I would need to confirm with McBookie I, because I don't know off the top of my head because they keep track of all the winnings. Right. But we've got quite a bit. There's been a few weeks we've had a good one. Yeah. There's been a couple. Of, there's been a couple of times we've had like two or week, two weeks in a row with one as well. From what I remember last season, which isn't bad. Aye, we should be able to make more than that we would have if we'd put ten pound per week away. So we need to discuss that. Maybe discuss that in one of the later podcasts who we're going to give the money to, how we're going to split it, different charities. Well, we'll discuss that offline to see where we stand with that. But we could, somebody's going to win out of this anyway. That's a good thing. It's us doing a, a good deed for the year. We can pat ourselves on the back. So move on to the SPL predictions. And we've got a Friday night game. I mentioned earlier BBC Alba were showing live football, live football on Council TV. And it's Ross County against Dundee United. Bizarrely, it's on at 1935. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny kick-off time. Don't know about that. What channel is it on? BBC Alba. Ah. Alba, yep. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go for a home win, and I'm going to go for 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one to Ross County. I'm going to go one each. Because I like Dundee United for draws. Right, one each for me. Then on Saturday we've got a lunchtime game and it's on ESPN St Johnson against Inverness and I'm going to go for an away win here. 3-1. I'm sure these two played recently. Oh, and it was on the telly and it was rubbish and it was 0-0. Uh, I'm going to say something fairly similar. I'll go 1-0 Inverness. Both teams capable of scoring but probably cancel each other out. So uh, I'll go one each again. Then we've got Aberdeen against Kamarnock. I don't know, it's not been a good start to the post-split career. So I'm, I'm not so sure. I'm going to go nil-nil. Aye, this is all I'm going for as well. It's another game where not, neither team really care. I've seen Two teams that missed out in the top six. I've seen calls for, for Craig Brown to come back already. Two-nothing, Kamarnock. I hope I hope Kamarnock pump Two-nothing. Now, this could be an interesting game. Dundee against Hearts. Now, well, for a long time I've been saying Dundee, I think we've all been saying Dundee are, are dead and buried, but they won at the weekend there. They might be able to keep it going for another week and I'd like it if they did, so I'm going to go 2-0 to Dundee. I think we all want to see Dundee keep it going as long as possible, apart from my very St. Martin fans. Um, I'll, I'll go 2-1 Dundee. Uh, 
Aye, I like I like two on as well. I think Dundee have a wee bit of fire in their belly and some of the Hearts youngsters make no fancy very much. So yep, two one. I think I think the problem's an expert though. <laughs> Aye, Hibs against St Mirren. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that Craig had said on Sports Scene that Hibs have won, is it 2 out of 19 or 2 out of 17? Uh, it's a terrible run. The BBC league table only goes back for 10 games. Well, I can't tell for sure, but that is that is a terrible, right? But I, I like to predict in what I want to happen, and I'd like it to go really tight at the end of the season down the bottom, so I'm going to go for a Hibs win. I'm going to go 2-1. See, I'm thinking Hibs have at least got the Scottish Cup final to be pushing towards. So you'd think maybe they'd be trying for a couple of weeks to try and get their place in the, the team for the final. But on the other hand, maybe they're just trying to rest themselves. Uh, Still a wee while yet. I reckon, let's say, one each, which just keeps it alive for Dundee. <laughs> uh, I don't. Hibs are, Hibs are appalling this season. It's only the it's only the cup final appearance. I think it's going to save Fenland's Fenland's neck again because they've been absolutely rotten once again. I mean, when Griffiths goes at the summer, I think Hibs are Hibs are finished. I like St Mirren. I've, I've said it all season in the podcast. I've, I've been pretty impressed with St Mirren, especially up front. So I think they might do the business and win the two nothing, two nothing St Mirren. Then on Sunday we've got Motherwell against Celtic at twelve forty five kickoff and Sky Sports four. It's difficult. I don't know if, I don't know what kind of mood Celtic are gonna be in because they've got the cup final, but then it's a while away. I don't know if Lennon's gonna start resting players. I know that he sent was it Chris Commons he sent them on holiday for a week. Uh, I've seen a few there's a few on holidays before the cup final. I don't know if it's like that. Well it's, it's still a wee while away. And Bill Commons was talking about playing through painkillers. Uh, I never liked the sound of that. No, no, but I, I mean, if you're injured, you're injured. So maybe a wee rest would be fine. But a wee holiday. If, if he talks about playing uh, through painkillers, he'd need painkillers every day, and he thinks a week's holiday is going to sort it. <laughs> um, I, I should try that one at work. <laughs> the only the only person I, I, who could sort it in that time is a Chelsea physio. She'd be able to sort that in a week. <laughs> right, I'm going to go for one each. I'm going to probably agree with you, but maybe two each. I, I like a draw as well, and I think I think both sides at the moment going forward can, can stick a ball away and, and can score goals. So I'm going to go three each. I think it's going to be a... <laughs> Nice. I think it's going to be a, a, a cracker. I kind of hope so, because I think, I think the monkeys off Motherwell's back a wee bit by getting the victory at Fir Party last time, so hopefully we won't be as nervy as we've been for the last seven years. And again, I mean, Celtic can, with the pressure being off them having won the league, they can turn the style on as well. So I'd hope both teams went out. And I know at home we always get another go for it, so we will definitely concede. And uh, if we can maybe stick a couple in at the other end as well, it might make for a, a decent game. So I, I'm going to go three each. Right, OK. I'll give you that then. Right, and before we finish the podcast, I wanted to give another mention for the feed. If you go to podcast.scottishfootballforums.co.uk, there's a description on there on how to subscribe via iTunes, which hasn't really changed. But then the feed reader, if you use that, there's a new feed URL, which is it's too long for me to read out again, because unless you've got a pen and paper, you're not going to be able to remember that. So if you just go to podcast.scottishfootballforums.co.uk, you can find out there. So that's all I wanted to, to mention on the podcast, boys. Anything else you want to say? No. Jump you in. <laughs> Aye. Well, congratulations again to Celtic for winning the league and for Partick. And Partick. Aye. Uh, no, well, I mean, congratulations to Celtic, Partick, Thistle, Queen of the South and Rangers. Yep. Everything's done now. Everything's done. There's playoffs still to be played for in the, the World Divisions, but uh, not really much else to go with now, is there? Well, the relegation... Can we all go on holiday? Well, what I'm going to do, once the season ends, I'm going to pay for us to go on holiday. We're going to get our, our tents and go camping in Butlands. <laughs> people camp at Butlands? I think you got, like, chalets and stuff. I can't afford that, no. <laughs> and we're all sharing a tent as well. Hey, hey. I'm not like that. I hope Laurie's not coming. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh. Right, so... Right, but we'll, we'll, we'll speak next week. We might even get Laurie involved again because there's no many podcasts left. 
Oh, that's me. I, I, I could be done now. That might that might be my last appearance of the season. Is that you for the season? I think that could be me, mate. I think that's me uh, hanging up my headphones. Right, the money will be in the post. <laughs> sure it is. Use Aye. notes. Exactly. Aye. I never asked what I was going to ask, Greg. Are you old enough to remember Willie Pettigrew? I, I, I hear talk of Willie Pettigrew, but no, I never I, no. I never saw him play um, as a boy. I, I was I was alive while he was he was doing the business, but no, I was never a uh, I was never at a football back in the days. I'm not that old, Chris. Come on. He's, he's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Tommy Coyne, man. That's my, that's my heyday. Uh, that's your other start to bring out today, actually, because Tommy Coyne is the last non-Celtic Rangers player to be top scorer in the top flight. Done it in the, the mid-90s after his spell at Celtic. That could be interesting. Then if Higdon keeps scoring. Uh, looks like it probably be Higdon the way it's going. Yep, four goals ahead of Griffiths and Mackay and six ahead of Hooper and McGinn and possibly others. No, then it's back oh. to Johnny Russell who's, who's away early. Unless Gary Hooper gets another five goals in the final day of the season, I don't see him winning this one. <laughs> no, his mind's going to be elsewhere. Aye, I think his mind's already elsewhere. Yeah. Right, well thanks for coming on guys and Chris, I'll see you next week and yep. maybe see you before the end of the season, Greg. You never know. Right. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.